0: This is episode number eight of the My Niche is Human podcast. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for continuing to support, or maybe this is your first time here. If it is, uh, please check out episode seven. I want to tip my hat off to my very courageous sister. She shared her story with surviving an attempt at suicide. Give it a listen if you got the headphones. Quick summary of this episode if you want to commit maybe the next 20 minutes or so, uh, I'm going to kind of go through a couple lessons, really good ones that I learned in this 2019, because I imagine you are in the headspace of where have I come from and where am I going and what are my 2020 New Year's resolutions, whether you believe in that or not, or if you want to start today, new life, new day resolutions, whatever you want to call it. So going to share probably three or so bullets takeaways and how you can apply those to your lessons learned, or maybe you haven't dug deep enough and you want to keep going to figure out what the frick is holding you back. So if that interests you, stick around. I'll talk to you soon. So it all started maybe couple months back maybe 4 months ago i mean i've had this for a long time if anyone's ever heard of the artist way by julia cameron it's essentially a 12 week program kind of a workshop if you will on recovering your inner creative two major exercises throughout the whole thing that are consistent morning pages and the artist date essentially what it does is gives you a tool to kind of chase your demons peel away the layers dive super deep find your strength, find your integrity or truth, inner truth, all these amazing things. Uh, But along the way, it makes a lot of shit click. So this is what I use this year. If you're looking for a a very tactical tool, I'm going to include this in the show notes at the bottom. What I've figured out so far is three major areas of my life. I would say things that have been holding me back quite actually from doing a lot of the things that I love, which is sharing my truth doing this podcast, being creative, uh, and also not taking shit off people, not playing small, and embracing my masculinity. So I'm going to kind of go through those in more detail. Uh, And I hope this kind of helps you kind of figure my process. And then you can go through your list. And if you put this list together and you're willing to share, slap it up on social media or feel free to email me. Uh, I'd be curious to see what you come up with and then kind of the connections that you make to either different events in your life that may have been the catalyst or connections to realizing uh, you've been holding yourself back a lot longer and maybe didn't realize it. So a lot of cool shit. So the first one that really kind of stung this year was, uh, well, let let me jump in before I share any of these. I've already recorded this or I've actually you know it's not going to make it into the episode but I've literally already tried to do this twice and this is really challenging uh, because when we deal with issues that uh, involve other people oh my gosh it's really hard to tell the story so I'm I'm struggling a little bit with this but we're gonna make it happen so the first one I want to talk about is finally identifying the takers in my life in realizing <laughs> I was the sucker you ever heard the saying if you can't spot the sucker in your room you're the sucker well that was me uh, for the longest time I've kind of been a people pleaser and this stems really far back to being young and I even remember in high school so the way this kind of happened was I was very 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 shy in elementary school junior high and high school And the problem with that is people have the perception of you as, well, maybe not indefinitely, but in my case, because I was so shy, I was kind of off to the side. I didn't always engage with people. I wasn't very involved. And that led people to think that I thought I was either above them or too good for them or too cool for them. And when I started to find this out... I was pretty upset. I was like, wow, you, y'all have no idea. Like I'm dying inside. Y'all like, I'm really shy. I don't feel like I have any friends. I don't feel like I'm good enough for this. And damn, like now y'all think I'm too good. Like it's quite the opposite. And then, you know, in hindsight, I just, I saw myself running around becoming a people pleaser because I was so afraid that people thought I was too good for them. So I, I almost, kind of laid down in traffic to show everybody I was the nice guy. I was the one who was willing to do anything because I wasn't too good for everybody. It was an overcompensation to to a detriment, obviously, because then you start to let people kind of push you around because when you go down that path and you go too far and then it's, you know, one year, five years, 10 years, it kind of becomes your norm until you don't really realize you're doing it, or I'll, you know, I'll speak for myself. I didn't realize I was doing it um, because I'm, I was more afraid of being seen as a jerk, an asshole, uh, someone who thought he was too cool or too good to either help or give my time or do a favor and so on. Um, but all this leads to the idea and the realization that yes, the world is full of takers. Yes, the world is full of people who will take advantage of the nice guy, or the nice girl, or the nice person, Uh, unfortunately, because I just always thought people were going to do the right thing, and why would they try to screw you over? That's not the right thing to do. So, all this to say, have better boundaries, or stronger boundaries, or at least some boundaries. Take care of yourself first, or myself first. Put the oxygen mask on before you try to help your neighbor. Um, you know, what? and damn it, the, the real friends, the real people, the only people, quite frankly, that should be in your life are the ones who will respect you when you need to take your time. They will respect you when you have to say no or choose to say no. And none of the rest of those people matter. I love the saying, those who mind don't matter and those who don't mind do. Something like that. So that was big lesson number one. And I'm glad I, I got that out there without, without having to name any names because that ain't cool, right? So the second, uh, this is also going to be a challenge without kind of naming names. So something else I'm, I've been guilty of, and this was another major you know, click when, when things click, is I need to and am going to stop playing small For the sake of others feelings this is kind of tied to the first one in that i didn't want people to think that i did think i was better than them i didn't want their feelings to be hurt i didn't want them to feel lesser than Uh, so you know we've all found ourselves in certain circumstances or situations in life and you know there are those who are not afraid to take their turn to grab the mic literally or figuratively and show the world how bright they are. There are those of us, myself included, who have kind of shied away. And even when we kind of knew we could outshine or outdo our peers or whoever, uh, you kind of shy away from it because you don't want people to feel bad. And you're willing to avoid making people feel bad versus shining your light, which in essence makes you feel bad. You feel freaking terrible, frankly. So looking back to see where this came from, because you know it's all about root cause analysis. It's, it's one thing to identify the issue. It's another to kind of find the root, right? Because if you just pull out the, the plant and the roots are still there, I don't know, whatever that means. So the root of this, um, again, this one's challenging. The root of this is looking back on my upbringing. I have two siblings, an older brother and an older sister. Each of us had different, Family units, family, parental units, uh, in different circumstances at different points of our childhood. I was the youngest, and as you might assume from that comment, um, I, I had it a little easier. You know, the parents were a little older, a little more emotionally mature, and a little more financially stable. So that's not always the case, but it, it's a common case. So for me, kind of knowing from a young age, I may have had air quotes a little easier than everyone else. I started playing small from a very early age uh, because knowing that I had it easier, I almost picked up a little bit of guilt thinking, oh, wow, well, the other siblings didn't have this or X or Y or Z or whatever it was that I had. Uh, So I kind of played it a little small because I I was afraid to uh, make it look too easy or to be too happy or to um, show that I had too much freedom or or anything like that uh, because I, I feel... The other siblings looking at me kind of felt, not to put words in your mouth if you're listening, uh, you know, well, damn, he's got it so much easier than I had. That's not really fair. Um, And again, I, I think that's kind of a common occurrence. So bringing all that together, what's the point? It's, I was young. I didn't have the emotional resources I have now. I picked up some guilt, thought, shit, you know, I got it easier. I can't outshine. I don't want anyone to feel bad. I kind of feel bad for. You know, the stories and what you hear, they went through nothing crazy, but, you know, to kids, everything's like a big deal. Um, But then until now, I mean, I'm 35 years old and like, shit, none of that was my fault, you know, And, and we were all just kids and doing what we do. So understanding where, you know, something comes from an issue that you have or something that's holding you back. Is so critical because it's you know no hard feelings nothing bad of it ever happened but just knowing where and why it came from gives you the option to change it i also noticed love y'all but i also noticed i did this in an improv class that i took you know it's very crazy there's a lot of people and it's quite intense at times you know you're constantly getting up in front of other people coming up with things off the top of your head. It's very challenging. For me, it was quite terrifying. Not sure it's something an introvert should be doing, but not to discourage anybody. It was an an excellent exercise, builds courage. But during that experience, I did find myself kind of clamming up because you're not so much in competition with your classmates, but let's be real, you kind of are. There's only one front of the stage And there's a lot of the back of the stage, right? So kind of a triangle. Only so many people can be up front. Only so many people can be in the spotlight. So there were times in group exercises where, you know, you kind of just got to jump up there and sure, it it takes kahunas and it takes gusto and it takes having something to say. But I found myself kind of shying away, not just because it's scary or being shy or being nervous, but I also found myself wanting to give them more chances to get up there so that they could practice more. And I'm like, well, shit, Stephen, are you here to let people practice <laughs> or are you here to get up there too and to feel the experience? So, uh, it can kind of come up and bite you in, in all different ways, whatever it is that you're dealing with. Um, I think the value in journaling or writing and going through the exercises that Julia lays out in the artist's way is those things become much more clear. So it's not so that, you know, you can point any fingers or feel feel, ill about anyone. It's, it's more so to understand the dynamics of your life experiences and how those affect you, whether positive or negative. So I can promise you next time I go back to improv class, things will be different. And the third big item on this list is a bit of a scary one to share, um, but I think for maybe all the gentlemen out there, uh, you know, I can't imagine I'm alone. So there was uh, a time back in 11th grade, uh, times were really quite crazy for me. This was when uh, I was diagnosed with a mental illness and, you know, I was self anesthetizing and and just trying to figure out what the hell I was doing. Uh, Not even with my life basically from day to day and, you know, Kudos to my parents. They did everything they could, uh, but I can imagine it's a very desperate feeling to watch your child just be all over the place. And in one day I'm walking through the kitchen and my mother stops me and she says, "Steven, are you gay? And nothing wrong with being gay, right? But it, it, it threw me off so hard because I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm emotionally distraught very upset, depressed, manic, all over the place, does that mean that I'm gay? Uh, it, it just it didn't line up for me, but I, then I couldn't help but make the relationship, well, if, if mom thinks I'm gay, when I'm feeling emotional and upset, all these, air quotes, feminine traits, then if I keep experiencing these things or communicating these behaviors that I'm upset or emotional then are other people gonna think I'm gay? Are, are they gonna be confused about my sexual orientation because I'm upset? It, it's, it's really that simple. So life went on and uh, to be really honest, I've, I've, it's kinda haunted me ever since. Um, being comfortable with my sexuality, um, I couldn't help but you know fight this voice in the back of my head that was, it would just say, you're gay. You're gay, but are you gay? And a couple times over these years, ever since high school, I've sat and really tried to honor the question. No, I didn't actually try. I really honored the question, honored the idea, uh, checked for emotions, checked for attraction, and came up with nothing. And, you know, but the voice remained. So... Talking to my mother a couple times about um, this artist' way book, um, she's doing it as well, and it was kind of my turn to share a realization or something that's been bothering me or something that I've been journaling about and I've mentioned this this third item it in hypnotherapy, but it keeps kind of coming up and I'm on the phone with my mother, and I, you know we're we're talking about it, and she's very sorry uh for bringing it up. But I I mean, I don't blame her. She was very desperate. But, you know, kind of none of that matters. The interesting thing about this, you know, the nerdy psychology side of it is once, once you or I once we as humans make a correlation, you know, because your brain is constantly looking to recognize patterns, cause and effect. It was it was kind of a mini traumatic event. I was super emotionally sick mom asks me a question or, or a mother asks a question, kind of a question, but it's, it's still, it's kind of implying judgment or it's implying an opinion or feeling or a point of view. So then my brain thought, okay, act this way, represent yourself this way, people see you that way. So there's a correlation between the two and it kind of burned itself in, you know, especially during trauma, it burns kind of deep. So, looking back on all this, um, you know, talking to my mother and, and her telling me that she had a, a similar story from her childhood. And, and I'll leave it at that. She's not here to speak fairly to it, uh, but it just made a lot of things click uh, because she just expressed how desperate she was to understand what was causing me to be up, so upset. And frankly, I was just upset about life. You know, this is kind of when the the bipolar really kicked in, um, but she just didn't know what could have possibly have caused me to be so upset and you know that was back in two thousand and one you know it wasn't as acceptable or socially accepted um, to be gay or bisexual or or otherwise so ever since then, uh looking back on dating patterns and and behaviors i I find that i I must have been overcompensating because I wanted to make sure everyone knew my sexual orientation. I didn't, again, want to experience someone being confused about me. And, you know, I, I almost also found myself muffling emotions and, and not expressing emotionality, whether up or down, especially down, because, again, the last time I had done that uh, without a filter, you know, I was perceived as, uh, by someone, you know, them being confused about my sexual orientation. So shit, it, it kind of feels silly to, to even be telling the story, but you know, shit happens to everyone. The, the point is the takeaway that I hope you get from this is dig so deep, dig and really listen to what's been bugging you. You know, those voices in your head, it doesn't mean we're crazy, right? We can say that, these days, there are voices in your head, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not cool enough. Oh, I can't do that. Or I'm gay, which it, it just never made any sense to me. But if you look back to where that might have started, how that might have begun, because when we're children, again, we don't have the the emotional resources to really sort things out. And it's, you know, it's just not your fault. But now being older, you can look back and sort yourself through those. So Now I am much more confident in embracing my feminine side. I have no issue with saying I have a strong feminine side. Uh, It doesn't make me any less of a man. There is crying in baseball. I'm really interested to explore uh, this topic. So I say thank you. I, I say thank you to the lesson. I say thank you to my mother for being concerned about that. You know, it's all good. So I hope this has been useful For you, Uh, I hope this stokes you to kind of make your own list or your own inventory of certain things that have happened to you this year or realizations uh, to really be deliberate in, you know, your air quotes resolutions for today or for 2020. Uh, Because something that I've realized is it's it's one thing to make a list of, you know, resolutions or how you're going to crush it or cut out negative people or buy the Ferrari. But if you really sit and think about where you've come from and why you're here and where you want to go, oftentimes those items were written by your ego and not your spirit. So take inventory, make a list, go through it, ask the hard questions, have a conversation with you know, mom, dad, brother, sister, family member, whoever it was, sort it out and you know maybe don't even don't go at it with placing blame or looking for apologies have no expectations but just having that conversation shit I mean it can set you free It, it really can that's about it from me I'm really excited to keep going with this show I appreciate you for being on this journey with me and with that thank you for listening talk to you real soon take care